Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me I had bipolar. I was sent home with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using loud music as a form of therapy. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Punk rock saves lives. It's a phrase that comes up repeatedly on this podcast and in the Screen Therapy book. But what does it mean when we say that punk saves people? How do we quantify that? Tina Rushing is the director of Punk Rock Saves Lives, a nonprofit organization that provides mental health and harm reduction resources at punk shows and festivals, as well as community events. Tina says it's always been in her nature to help people. So starting Punk Rock Saves Lives, along with her husband Rob, was a natural progression from their former nonprofit work. What they've found is for every punk that they've helped, there is always another punk ready to step up and help them. Punk bands have always sung about mental health and getting each other through the hard times. When Punk Rock Saves Lives sets up its booths and activates, as Tina says, they're providing a direct link to the resources that people need. Punk Rock Saves Lives is the epitome of punk, is there to help, support, and empower people not just within the punk community, but in the community at large. What's more punk rock than that? rushing. I am the director of Punk Rock Saves Lives. I actually started being in the punk rock world because I worked with an organization before this, Love, Hope, Strength, where we did bone marrow, which we still do as Punk Rock Saves Lives. But what I've learned is that the punk rock community are the people that care the most. It's not hard to get someone at a punk rock show to look at our table and ask how they can help. And that's honestly the biggest difference I've ever seen is going to different shows, even though people who think that all peace love, it's a lot of work to get them to be interested in helping other humans. But at a punk rock show, it's immediate. It's they see the booth and it's a constant, how do I help? What do I do? What do you need? And it's no questions asked. So that's kind of why we're punk rock saves lives is it really is it's all community based situation and why we love the community the most. What's your background in punk rock? Where did you first hear about it? What did you like about it when you first heard about it? Honestly, I am a, it's funny because I'm the director of this nonprofit. My background is actually musical theater. (laughs) And I liked some bands, right? I'm of a certain age where Simple Plan and Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake 
And all of these bands came up. So obviously those were the bands of my youth that I will always cling on to. I know every song, every lyric to everything that exists. But I went on the Flogging Molly cruise in 2016 because I am an Irish punk fan, Celtic punk fan. And I fell in love. For me, it's all about people. So I loved having that thing. I actually met my husband on that cruise. We got married a year later on that cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. So it's now very much ingrained in myself. But every time people are like, oh, this isn't punk rock. I'm like, that's really okay. I love punk now, but it's a newer concept in my life. Do you see parallels between the musical theater stuff and the punk stuff? Yes. (laughs) Because I base so much about communities and humans, it's a loving atmosphere. Most people who've ever done a community theater show, it's all about the company, right? It's all about the group. It's not necessarily about the main focus, like the main singer. It's really, it's a company production. You can't do a full-blown musical with just one singer. And that's kind of how I feel punk rock is. It's very much community-based. So it's the parallels of we're all in this together. What's your presence at shows and festivals? I've seen lots of really cool photos of you set up at booths and doing all kinds of funky things. Yeah, we are constant. So right now, Rob is on his way to join Bouncing Souls. So we are on the entire Bouncing Souls. He also drives for Anti-Flag. So it's a very great thing for us. He gets to drive, we get to activate. We just ended a tour with Flogging Molly and Anti-Flag. So we started the year. We're going to be at all of the no effects last shows ever. We're also gearing up to do punk rock bowling. We are at 16 to 17 festivals a year. Wow. When you say activate, what does that mean? So um, punk rock saves lives. We're all about wellness and equality and whatever that looks like. So when we activate on site at shows and festivals and things like that, we are first off signing people up for the National Bone Marrow Registry. Like I said, we started with Love Hope Strength. So that's always part of our core, helping people fight cancer. And then at our tables, we have a harm reduction box. They can get mental health resources. You can get Narcan, fentanyl test strips. We can teach you how to use those things. We have condoms and period supplies like pads and different things like that just to help. And everything is free. So we give those out at events. You mentioned mental health awareness. Yes. Pamphlets and information. Do you think the punk scene's focusing more on mental health these days than they might have maybe even the last 10 years or 20 years? I think it's a very vital thing, especially after coming out of the pandemic. But I think way before that, we've been switching over to having a presence in mental health and realizing that it's important. You have so many different people out there that speak openly about their mental health issues. And I think that's helped a lot. Even on our board of directors, I've talked about Bowling for Soup. I'm even wearing his face on me. Jarrett Reddick is known to be a funny lead man for Bowling for Soup, right? He's done Phineas and Ferb. They make a lot of jokes, but he's openly talked about his depression and how he goes to therapy. And I think the more and more people are doing that, the more we're accepting that it's important. What are punks telling you at shows when they come up to the table and see those kinds of information about mental health, are they opening up to you about it? Yes. Every day, every time we're at a show, people come up and talk about their mental health. We're very fortunate. We partner with BetterHelp as well. So we give opportunities for free sessions just to get the ball rolling. I always say finding a therapist is like dating. 
It doesn't have to work the first time. <laughs> and it can work for like the first three times and then you're done. You need someone else and that's okay. But that's a lot of what people come up to the booth about. They want to learn more about how they can get started or they talk about losing someone. Suicide is such a huge thing everywhere. A lot of people are affected by it. And so I get a lot of those stories. I have a lot of stories of people talking about losing someone or them being in a really dark place or them just needing somewhere to talk and things. And it's nice to be able to have that connection with people at shows. With all the festivals that you've been on and bands that you've done tours with, which one really stands out as maybe being a favorite or at least significant in the work that you guys do? I would have to say Anti-Flag is one of our biggest champions. There's something to be said about a band who actually cares, <laughs> who truly, the things they say on stage, they believe in real life and they try to do everything they can to make a difference. And that aligns with our values so strongly that they are probably one of our best bands that we work with. A huge thing in the podcast and also the Scream Therapy book is the idea that punk rock saves lives. A lot of the people in the book say punk rock saved my life, which can mean a lot of things. Yeah. That's the name of your organization, Punk Rock Saves Lives. I'm wondering, what does that mean? How exactly does it save lives? Is it metaphorical, literal, figurative? I think all of the above, right? So it's punk rock is so much more than anyone really knows. And it goes so vast in what it can do and how it can help. And I agree. I really do think punk rock does save lives. And I hear it. People come up to our booth all the time and that's actually how we get a lot of interactions. People just read it, don't realize we're an organization. And they're like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> or they see a shirt that says Punk Rock Saves Lives and they buy it and they're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> and it's because we resonate so much. It's not just, it can be as easy as lyrics as you connect with a band and that helps you get through. I went through a really bad grief journey. I lost my last remaining person who raised me, my last parent. And being in my 30s and having no parents really hit me hard. And I was like, I'm a 30-year-old orphan. I don't know what to do. And I was grieving that. It, it was not pleasant. And music can get you out of your head, get you out of your thing. And it really does make a difference in just the music side. And then we go back to what we are really based from. Our organization, and like I keep saying, is all about community. And then you have the people who rally together for you. I've traveled a lot. I've done a lot within my life. And I've never seen people rally for a stranger having a bad time as much as you do with punk rock. It's just it's a special, completely special community to be a part of. Yeah. And some bands take their lyrics and go really morose and depressing with their lyrics. But the work that I do with crisis responding, you're not skirting away from the issue of feeling like garbage, feeling like you don't belong in the world, feeling like you don't want to be in the world. So when bands like Spanish Love Songs and the Menzingers sing songs about just feeling like they're garbage, it actually does, in my case, make me feel heard and seen and therefore does lift me up. It's sort of like a dichotomy of let's talk about feeling horrible in order to feel good. Yeah, it's the sense of not feeling alone. And I think that's the biggest thing in our mental health. We can spiral and we can be 
in such a bad place. And especially when you feel alone in it and that no one understands you, it's so much worse. Yeah. The moment you hear something that you connect with and you're like, they get it, they understand. It's a game changer. You do peer support groups as well, which is really cool. Tell me a bit about that work that you do. Yeah, it's actually been really great and a wonderful thing. We started in the pandemic because we knew mental health definitely took a very front forward view because that's all we had. And we open it up for anyone to join. It can be across the country. It's just led by us. We have no one, no therapist or a counselor or anything like that. So it doesn't have to be confined to a state. And we're just there to help talk each other up. We have a mental health group on Facebook. So a lot of people now, it's harder to get people face-to-face on peer support groups, but we do just have check-ins regularly where it's like, let us know what you're feeling or how's your day. We do a stoplight check-in. So it's a red, yellow, green. You just put a red color. That means you're having a bad day. Yellow, you're in the middle. Green, you're great. And that way other people in our group can support you and however you need, even if it's just like, we see you, we see you're having a hard time if you need help. And that's really what we're there for, just to kind of talk it out and know that you're not alone with people with like-minded thoughts. Punk Rock Saves Lives is a nonprofit organization. Most nonprofits have a structure to their organizations. And I'm wondering, what's the structure of your organization and why was it created like that? So we started out small. We have a board of directors. We have a board about 10 people. And we used Adam Baum, who is from the faction, Steve Caballero's band. He's also an incredible lawyer and is a partner at a law firm. So we used his help and having a law firm help us set up our nonprofit, which was really important. And he's also on boards of multiple nonprofits. So we used his guidance to start what everything looks like. So right now we do have a board of directors. I am the director of operations and Rob is our touring director. And we right now are the only two employees. And that's mostly because we can't afford anyone else. Eventually I would like to, we barely afford us. (laughs) But my goal is to become not just all volunteers and two people. I would like to have more people on staff. What are some of your plans coming up? Have you thought about maybe going in different directions? You mentioned mental health has become such a focus for you. What are you talking about for the future? Now we're working on having a network of therapists who are willing to give us some pro bono work in each state. I love having better help, but I do know that a lot of people would rather not use an app or something like that. So right now we've been in the process of finding ways to get people help in their state. And I want to be as inclusive as possible. So right now we have six states with some therapists who can be there. And I would like to make that all 50 just so we have a broad, we can help anyone in the U.S. Eventually, um, our 10-year goal is to be an international organization, but we're not there yet. We're just a little baby nonprofit. (laughs) So that's one of our big things. We're also looking at grants and other ways to fund a scholarship or people, they can apply if four free sessions isn't enough, or we can't find them someone who has pro bono work, or you need more, you need to go to an actual doctor and you don't have it. I would love to have a way for people to get some money from us to make sure their mental health goals are met. There's lots of people on the website that are in the punk scene and quite a few names from bands. How did you connect with all those people? Was it just on the tours? Yeah. So Love Help Strength was the organization my husband and I both worked for. And he worked for them for 10 years and basically did the same thing, but it was just bone marrow. That's all we focused on with Love Hope Strength. 
And it's just years of friendships and being out on tours and getting to know people is really how everything has organically come about. What's been the reaction from the punk venues and the punk festivals? It sounds like everybody's been really supportive. You haven't really run up against a lot of walls. No. Occasionally, some places are a little weird. Taking up space in a venue when there's five bands. It makes sense. I get it. No, it's been a great response. People are really excited. What kind of mental health resources do you have on your tables and on your website? So for uh, mental health specific, I have a list of places you can call for specific things. So like if you have an eating disorder or domestic violence that can affect you that way, the Trevor Project, Foundation 45, uh, Music Minds Matter, Hope for the Day, uh, To Write Love on Her Arms, all of the different organizations we know can help we have links to them. We also make sure you have the crisis text line available, the suicide hotline. But we keep a lot of those things up and ready because that's the biggest struggle, right? Like when you're in a bad place, researching to find something sounds terrible. So our goal is to try to take away that middleman and just have it there for you. So we have little brochures and little QR codes people can scan to have it right there and ready for them when they want. I also, on all of our tables, I do my favorite, the 54321 grounding, and I have it listed so people can take a picture of it. It's at our booth. It's at every event that we do because grounding is one of the most useful things as a person who has high anxiety like myself. So I like to have it right there as a reminder. And a lot of people do. They look at it and they're like, that's what I do. Or that is the exact grounding technique I try to think of. <laughs> so we try to have things right there and then. A lot of punks hate to compromise they want to do it their way or no way which is great i think it's amazing that we are of that mindset has there been any things that you've had to compromise on or you talked about the ethos of punk rock and how you apply that to your organization has there been anything that you've had to bend on as far as sticking to your guns i guess so we're a nonprofit. we want to help everyone and there are times where punk rockers have very strong opinions very strong opinions, and they go for you. <laughs> they're like, why aren't you doing it this way? And for me, it's the, I have to be like, thank you for your info. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of the, me not being like, you've never run a nonprofit, you don't know how things work. It's more of the, I have to be more gracious as a human being to people with real strong opinions, which is hard in this society. Like we're so polar we want to be on the defense and I'm not, I'm literally not able to. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing I have to do is I just have to thank people for telling me I'm doing a terrible job and hope for the best. <laughs> when you say you're not able to, what does that mean? So I never want to dissuade being a nonprofit. I firmly believe everyone should have a chance to information to have to not feel excluded, to not feel like we don't want them around. So regardless of like really strong beliefs that they're pushing on us, my normal way to be is like, I'm done, right? Like I, I don't need that. I don't need this kind of energy in my life. And I try to use boundaries, those things in my normal everyday life. But for me, I can't block someone with those opinions. I'd rather them have us around still in hopes that things that we are teaching that they don't believe in they eventually are learning or they look up more things that they didn't know about and they start to change their opinions because I believe every person has an opportunity for growth. There's not one lost cause and that's a big thing to change your brain around. I never want to make someone not want to look at what we're doing. 
there's a lot of work that you do as well with communities and neighborhoods trying to promote change within those. The punk rock community can be talked about as being a vague sort of general community out there, but there's also neighborhoods and communities as well. What's been your outreach to individualized communities and neighborhoods? So we live in Denver. Um, We're based out of Denver. That's our home area. And we live off of East Colfax, which is not the best. And we're here to help. We do a bunch of drives to bring food to our food banks. We just try to promote helping each other. We've done clothing drives. And one of our biggest thing is everywhere we are is our harm reduction. We do give out a lot of Narcan and fentanyl test strips, which is a really big thing hitting a lot of communities everywhere. The name Punk Rock Saves Lives, immediately someone like me who's a punk and has been for my whole life thinks about, yeah, the punk rock scene saves lives because the folks within it are saved by the music and the community. But there's a more overarching mission to this name. It's the concept of punk rock saving lives within communities. And you're highlighting the idea of punk rock as being more of an ethos and more of a idea than than an actual music style or community. Yeah, I think it's all of it. And I think it's grown from the music. My husband and I, we always talk because my musical background, (laughs) I always talk about people who I think are punk rock that have the ethos of punk rock, like Dolly Parton. She didn't even want to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she didn't think she was rock enough. But her entire being to me is punk rock to its core, helping other people. And she did everything herself. And she is strong in her beliefs. And punk rock is more than just the music at this point. Yes, we love it. I go to punk shows weekly. Um, But it is so much more to me. Every time someone comes up and is like, but why? And a lot of people, we do shows that aren't necessarily punk in nature. So a lot of people read the booth and they're like, "Mm, how? Or why the name? Or why did you choose this name? And I'm like, have you ever seen a mosh pit? And normally people are like, yep. And I'm like, what happens when someone falls down? There's many hands picking that someone back up. And I think that's how punk is. It's a bunch of hands picking you back up in one way or another. The analogy there of being in a mosh pit as being life and its many struggles and then getting beat down and then being picked back up by the people around you who support you and love you. Yeah, It's a lot more to it than just a bunch of bodies banging into each other, what you might see on a video or something and go and stand in the balcony and watch a mosh pit and see how it all works see the ecosystem there and it's quite a revelation it really is it's something that sure an outsider not really noticing what's happening just thinks it's all about ramming into each other and it's really not it's so orchestrated and everyone there are there to help of course in every world there's one person just causing chaos but for the most part, there are people there supporting each other. I remember we did Flogging Molly overseas for my honeymoon. <laughs> and I saw my first rowing pit. And the fact that it was incredibly synchronized and all of a sudden everyone was on the ground and everyone was rowing together and think it was a, I've never seen anything like it before. And it took my ideas of mosh pits to a whole nother level. There's so much more happening there than what it looks like. I have actually never seen that or heard of it, so I'm excited. Is that just a flogging Molly thing, or is it a... I have no idea. I thought, <laughs> am I an Ireland thing? I have zero concept, and I don't... It just, all of a sudden, everyone was on the ground. Everyone was rowing. <laughs> nice. And it was 
it was awesome. <laughs> when you first started the organization, you must have had a vision for it. Do you feel like you've achieved that? Or are you still working towards it? Where are you within your trajectory of your mission? Our original mission, we've gone past it. We have really come into our own and what we were figuring out. When we started, we were just leaving Love, Hope, Strength. They ended their activations in the U.S. And we were like, what do we do? We don't want to stop. And then in 2019, we started Punk Rock Saves Lives with this idea of we wanted to do more than bone marrow, but we wanted to keep with our roots actually living and doing it, we've really come to figure out what we're here for. So we are truly just here to help whenever that looks like. So we will always keep our wellness and equality focus there. But we are trying to just always have the pulse of what our community needs. I never want to say that we have made it and we know what we're going to be doing this for the next 20 years. I hope not. I hope we're doing something different. I hope that harm reduction and mental health doesn't have to be everywhere all the time because we've have better resources out there and people know that it exists. I would love to be a different nonprofit 20 years from now helping in a different way. Or we'll continue doing mental health and harm reduction if that's still a crisis and a problem that we have. How we started, it was all about just what we thought people needed. And I think that's where being very true to our roots in that way. We saw a need and here we are trying to help. When someone comes up to your table at a show or festival, what do they usually say back to you? A lot of people are just amped, honestly. So most people are like, thank you. This is, can I take extra? Can I give some to my friends? Or they ask how they can help. It's so inspiring. I talk about the mental health and most people go, how do I help? What do I do? Especially when there's counselors or different people come to our booth. They're like, yes, I'm a punk rocker and I have mental health. And this goes hand in hand. And we just get a lot of people offering help, which is pretty great and inspiring. That was my conversation with Tina Rushing of Punk Rock Saves Lives, punkrocksaveslives.org. For more episodes of Screen Therapy, go to screentherapyhq.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Big news, the Screen Therapy book is available for pre-order. Screen Therapy, a punk journey through mental health, tells my story and the stories of others who use punk as a catalyst for mental health. Like this podcast, it links the community-minded punk scene with the mental wellness of the punks who belong to it. To pre-order the book, go to ScreenTherapyHQ.com. For merch, check out the newly opened store at ScreenTherapyHQ.com store. And for even more designs, check out Screen Therapy on TeePublic. Okay, enough promoting. It's time for some thanking. Thank you for listening to Screen Therapy. Doing this podcast and talking to folks about punk rock and mental health has been a crucial part of my own mental stability, and it means so much to me that you're out there listening. Screen Therapy is created in the Cathet region of coastal British Columbia, Canada, on the traditional territory of the Klahaman Nation. Contact me at screentherapyhq.com or email me at screentherapypodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk about punk rock and mental health. Until next time, take care and be well.